Hey, security peeps, we are live again, breaking LinkedIn this Friday morning with Breaking Into Cybersecurity in Hacker Valley Studio. I am Renee Small from Breaking Into Cybersecurity. My co-host, Chris Folon, cannot be here today. He is working hard. Um, as you all know, I am a cybersecurity rec super recruiter working on getting all of you amazing folks into good opportunities and helping leaders bring in awesome talent like these two wonderful men next to me. So I will let the Hacker Valley Valley Studio team introduce themselves. You can start off, Chris. Glad to be back again, <clears throat> in the words of uh, Ronald Eddings. What's going on, everybody? Chris Cochran here, uh, lead threat intelligence at Netflix, co-host of the Hacker Valley Studio podcast. Glad to be here. Uh, I do a follow Friday every Friday, just about every Friday. I say 99% of the time. And I would have to say my follow Friday for today is going to be Renee Small. Really appreciate her pulling all this together, yeah. inviting us to, to do this every Friday. Yay. It's been amazing. People have been loving it. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that. I'm going to, you know, definitely uh, link you in, make sure you get, you know, as many followers from, from our network as we, we possibly can get you, but really appreciate everything. Aww, love like that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much. A lot of people might not know how this production works, but a little insight. Renee is our host and um, you make it all possible. Uh, but for those that don't know me, I'm Ron Eddings, uh, co-host of Hacker Valley Studio. Uh, throughout the day, um, you could probably find me at Palo Alto Networks. I'm a security architect there and manager of security architects um, and love to do these Friday sessions with Chris, uh, both Chris's and Renee. <laughs> yes. So we are already getting people chiming in. Good morning, everybody. We are super happy to have anyone come uh, join us. Let us know where you're joining us from. And yeah. if you have any questions, definitely chime in with your questions. We love for this to be interactive. Mm -hmm. And as much as we like talking ourselves, we want to <laughs> chat with you as well. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so last week, Ron said he was kicking it off to talk about go ahead ron you tell us there you go all right absolutely at the end of the last session i asked a question to renee and i was like you know i want to talk a little bit about the individuals that were working in an office place that want to switch to remote maybe they've adopted a new lifestyle or just really prefer the remote work uh lifestyle what do you have to say to that, Renee, is there opportunities for people to keep their current gig and work remote? And what does the landscape look like right now for people wanting to make the switch from office to remote? Yes. So, I mean, everybody's remote at this point. So I can give you, I can tell you what I'm seeing in terms of um, articles and things out there because I tend to um, have to keep a pulse on this. So pre, I'll tell you about pre-COVID-19 and like what the trends are today and some of the articles that I've seen. So pre-COVID-19, you had, depending on the culture of the company and the organization and the leadership, um, you know, they would say, oh, we need people, you know, the folks that really wanted people in the office were big on having people in the office um, for a number of reasons, for culture, for, you know, team building, for some of the, um, some of the, the reasons I think might have been that they didn't know how to manage people from or lead people from remote um, locations. And they may have grown up at a, in a time where, you know, 
work was about coming into an office, being in an office, and every once in a while, if you have a doctor's appointment or, you know, some kind of conflicting situation, you could work from home, but it wasn't as, um, it wasn't like it is today. It wasn't 100%, um, and it was, you know, a couple days in a week and a couple days out. I have uh, had the experience of being in both types of scenarios where either 100% full-time, you know, with the occasional you know, work from home situation, as well as a couple of days a week. And then, you know, more recently over the past five or so years, since I've been pretty independent, um, remote is just my life. So <laughs> we've been doing this, I've been doing this forever. So it's not anything new from my perspective personally. Now, companies, what what is interesting, and I think my recruiter buddies will chime in here, specifically in the cybersecurity space, you know, why do you need to be in an office truly to get your work done? Um, most most of the opportunity, and, and, and it's, it depends, right? So in some scenarios, you have to be. If you're, you know, in a, you know, you're in a clearance environment, you're working in a SCIF, you have a top secret clearance, things like that, um, most likely you have to be on site. Um, otherwise, do you really have to be there? And that's the question um, that's mm. being answered right now because there's been so much productivity <laughs> with people right. being at home. Right. So what I'm seeing out there, so pre-COVID-19, I would have I would have conversations pretty much daily with uh, people at all levels, executives and down in the cybersecurity space. And they would say, you know, I'm really looking to be you know, are there remote opportunities? I'm looking, I don't want to move halfway across the country for an opportunity that will likely, you know, not last um, that long, knowing that most people are turning over in this industry, you know, every under three years for leadership and even less for non-leadership folks. So, you know, having to move around the country and uproot your family and all of this stuff for different opportunities um, doesn't make sense. So they would ask all the time and, and, and we, I would take that back to leadership and say, hey, people are asking, can they be remote in these various scenarios? And many times they said no. Mm. Um, today, there is no choice. And that's yep. a beautiful thing <laughs> for, for all of you. So because there is no choice and everyone's sheltering in place and they in the and and everyone has been kind of forced into this situation, it is allowing leaders to see, I think, two things. One, in some cases, people are even more productive um, than they would have been in the office. Um, even with, you know, the kids at home and the family members at home and what have you, I've been reading articles about how people are even more productive because they're spending more time, like actual physical time um, and focused time in doing their work. And they're actually working longer hours, which is bad and good. So on the one hand, you know, the employer is like, wow, you know, <laughs> look at all this productivity. On the other hand, you know, people are having this, like, you know, the, 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 you have to have boundaries, balance, right? Yeah. The boundaries, the work-life balance, um, the mental health component, you know, yep. all of that. Cause many of us, I think if you are, um, the type of person who wants to get your job done, you want, you, you want to be productive. You'll sit at it. I know I personally could have a computer open like all day and night. Like, so yeah. having that time to be able to shut it off, um, and people are kind of struggling with that. And a lot of people that I've been talking to who had not worked from home before saying this is the mo most work that they have been doing, you know, yep. in their careers. So 
like I said last week, Ron, I had read an article um, that I posted on LinkedIn a couple, probably like two weeks ago, that said um, CFOs of, I think Fortune 1000, you know, 500 or so CFOs of like Fortune 1000-ish companies Mm -hmm. did a survey and said that at um, on average, at least 5% of the workers who typically would have been working in an office space will be remote, 100% right. remote going forward. Wow. Now that was across everything. So, you know, think about, I don't know, accountants or whoever that were sitting in office space and sitting in offices and are now going to be 100% remote. So, I can imagine that probably if they surveyed them today, it might it's it's likely going to go up. Like I can't I can't imagine at this point it going backwards. I think people are going to struggle to, you know, think about how safe it is to be in, you know, especially like these open office spaces that have been the trend recently. So I was reading an article about that, like people are the concern of, you know, how many people are in these offices There's not really cubes anymore. You know, they tended to be these big, long tables. Um, and it's very kind of like collaborative, wide open um, office space where, you know, already <laughs> you're like yeah. going to get sick pre-COVID-19. <laughs> so now it's just like, you know, how many people are going to be signing up to go do that when they could do their work perfectly fine and better from home? So yeah. um, I was working on well, So just so people know, too, I, you know, I say this all the time, I'm currently actively working on current positions today and have been working on one um, right before COVID-19 started or, you know, before we all had to shelter in place. And um, the leader said, you know, the culture is it needs to be in the office and all this other stuff. And then, you know, two weeks later, they're like, you know what, let's open the search. Like, we don't need to, (laughs) we don't need to be in the office, you know, and I think it helps on so many different levels. It helps the leader get to people that are more across the country. So you might have like a great talented person in, you know, in um, Houston, you know, Mm -hmm. and your role is sitting in New York and you could get this talent for so much less with the person sitting in Houston. So when you think of it from a business perspective, now you open up your talent pool to everyone across the country. The person in Houston's happy. The person in New York is happy. You know, it just, to me, makes 100% 100% sense that there would be more of this going forward. I'm glad we're talking about this because I have a lecture on Tuesday. I'm going to steal, I mean, borrow a lot of your guys' ideas uh, <laughs> for that lecture. Uh, what I want, a little sneak peek, uh, I look at it as three different populations, right? You have the folks that were always remote, always a distributed team. You got people in the middle that's a bit of mix of both. Maybe you have some brick and mortar locations. Maybe people are doing it part-time remote work uh, and maybe certain teams are remote. And then you have the organizations that weren't remote at all. And so now they're having to be extremely creative when actually going remote. And I really, really like to see, you know, what are the big implications going forward post-COVID from a a work perspective? Like you were saying, I think you are spot on about being able to find talent in different places because now you're enabling remote work. Um, But yeah, I I really can't wait to see what it does. I I think uh, there's a lot of positive that can come from this and uh, just seeing where we go from here. I think what we also forget about a lot is, you know, previously there weren't all the tools that we have at our disposal today. Like we didn't have Zoom and Google Hangouts and the features of WebEx 
back in the day were very limited compared to what the features are today. So I think it's it's pretty spectacular to see like all of the things that we can do from home and the fact that teams were already doing it. And now there's the opportunity for other teams to adopt that kind of mentality and practice. And like you were saying, Renee, it's it's always the best of both worlds. If you have someone responsible that can do the job that you could probably hire for less and keep them even more happy because they're where they want to where they want to live. One of the things that comes up, Ron, to your to your point, is that what I hear from candidates all the time, and I tend to, I take it back. I I love I love talking to both. I you know I I love talking to candidates because I get to hear like what is really going on, what's going on in their mind, what's the mindset, what's happening, and one of the things that I get all the time, and I tell leaders this all the time, people will take a pay cut, a significant like you know, sometimes 20, 30%, a significant cut to be remote. And even additional, you know, with that, six months ago, they would go, oh, well, we really need somebody in office and all this other stuff. And to share with them to, for for them to really fully get it. And I'm, I'm, obviously we don't want to have COVID-19, but I'm appreciative of some aspects of it because I think without COVID-19, you wouldn't be doing this. Um, And, you know, with leaders having to adapt and having to do this, especially in security. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, with them having to adapt and that's what I, you know, I talked to 99% of people I speak, I'm speaking to all day long are security professionals at all different levels. And to have to, um, to hear them say, you know, yeah, my all my my, I'm looking for 150, for example. But if I could work from home, I would I would do that for 120. I would do mm-hmm. that for you know X amount of money. And to to bring that back and say, look, you could save, <laughs> you you have cost savings here. Like, do you really right. really need this person to come in? Like, if this person could be remote or this and that, and it was it's such a battle or a struggle or you know it just wasn't something that was needed or not not necessarily needed but something that they had to flex to now because of the the situation that we're in there's no choice yeah so um it's it's something that the i think folks on the ground have been begging and asking for for a number of years that now is going to hit the the rubber meeting the road right now because it sense doesn't make to office space and go back and you know what have you, um, you know I think about the board and and you think about commercial real estate prices and you know if CFOs get a hold of this, <laughs> they're gonna right. be like you know the cost benefit analysis like why you know why are we why do we have this much space and I, I don't think it will completely go like I don't think everybody's just gonna be 100% remote all the time. However, I think about, you know, going up in New York and being in, I was always mostly in the financial services industry and being in like, like Wall Street and these places and like big, huge companies like Goldman Sachs or whatever. And they have these buildings and it's like 50 floor, you know, the whole building, 80 floors, whatever it is, is employees. I cannot imagine that you're going to, as a, as a, you know, board of directors, be going back to paying for commercial real estate at that level like i just to me i'm not not, i i don't know we'll see it's going to be interesting to see the organizations yeah that uh seen like increased productivity 
and all their workforce is remote? Like, are they going to have to make that tough decision with their stakeholders or their board to decide, do they open the doors back up or maybe shut part of the campuses down? I I wonder if that's going to happen or not. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, we got a question from Jadlin. I hope I said your name right. Uh, From Houston. Uh, I'd like to know if you foresee any negative impacts uh, from a, for from a larger population working remote? I mean, I think there's going to be, you know, there's going to, I personally think there's going to be growing changes. I'm growing, you know, growing um, pains, right? Um, There'll probably be, you know, if you think about right now, like the restaurant industry, the retail industry, like all of these different industries that have been so hardly hit, and especially if you're a restaurant chain or whatever, and you're stood up, you're pretty much, especially if you're a small, you know, individual or small group of restaurants and you're set up in a way because you have that traffic for like lunchtime. Like I was just thinking about, you know, going into an office space and going to your favorite lunch, you know, your lunch spot or whatever it is. And having those um, organizations obviously are, you know, drastically affected, which I, I feel horrible for. Um, I do think that there will be some kind of change. Like, I think that what will likely maybe happen is there's a combination of um, commercial real estate that becomes residential. um, And then, you know, the the restaurant industry has already kind of changed to a lot of takeout. So Mm -hmm. I don't think people all of a sudden going to just start cooking again. (laughs) I don't see that happening. But tons and tons of takeout, tons of, you know, the way, I just think there's just going to be a big shift in how everything is done going forward. Like yeah. more takeout, more takeout options, more takeout, um, you know, much, much, much more delivery. Like one of the big shocks for me, not shocks, but I guess when I moved from um, New York City into uh, into the Washington, D.C. metro area in Northern Virginia, really specifically, because I think D.C. has more of, like, takeout. Like, eight years ago, it was just so shocking to me that in New York, like, I could call anywhere any time of night <laughs> right. pretty much and get a yeah. delivery, right? And then coming here, I'm like, what? Stuff closed? Like, you can't, I got to go in my car and, you know, drive to these <laughs> things. So I think it's going to be more of that, like yeah. more more delivery, more, uh, you know, nationwide, more takeout nationwide, more mm-hmm. of the different changes and how people at like across the board. This def- my my right. one of my best friends is in um, medical device uh, sales and she was talking about how everything is going to telehealth like, you know, telehealth is yep. just getting pumped hard. Like, they don't want people in hospitals getting affected with this. You know, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of telehealth going. So I just think overall, like, there's just going to be massive movement to remote overall for, like, all types of industries. So, yeah, what uh, I wanted to ask you both. Uh, on the the individual side, so I, uh, Ron and I watch uh, CGP Gray, and he has this awesome video about being on a spaceship and having your different stations when you're doing while while we're sheltered in place. But I think it also applies for people that do remote work because, I mean, sometimes they don't have to leave the house for any reason. So how are you both uh, managing, you know, your your mental aspect, your physical? Uh, having your your leisure space, like how are you doing? Like separating your lives within one space. 
That's a great question. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, I live in kind of this hacker house, and it's really an incubator for cybersecurity practitioners. It's uh, two other individuals, two close friends, and Chris even had a, a short stint here. So uh, we have a pretty big place, and I have a lot of separation. So right now I'm in the studio. This is the podcast room. Uh, downstairs, there's also like a empty room. It's kind of like an empty space, but that's where I do yoga. Like that's where I do my workouts. And like I have another space. It's another living room. And that's where like my desk is at. And I actually don't use my laptop or really any devices in my room. So like I, I've always really tried to practice the separation, but now you do have to be more strict. I try to like use two laptops, one for work, one for just personal just mm-hmm. so I'm not like checking Slack at all hours of the night. Cause when you see a message, it's like, Oh, I'll just respond back to it. Right. Um, so I've been trying my best not to do that while like during this post during a uh, COVID time, just because it's so easy. And I have mm-hmm. found myself in the beginning working like 12 hours, but I was finally able to cut it back to like a real eight cause we don't commute. So I do get an early drop in the morning. So I'm not uh, doing so much, but I think, now for me, home is starting to blend. So yeah. like, I don't like working out at home. I don't like, uh, sometimes I don't like cooking everything in the same place. Like I, I like variety. Uh, I do find myself going outside less. So, uh, just really being mindful and already having the rooms has been helpful for me. What about you, Renee? Oh boy. It's like one big hodgepodge. So I, it, it, having three little kids um, who kind of come and tear up everything you have uh, all the time, it's so it's so tricky. Um, what I've been doing is it's one big hodgepodge, quite frankly. Like sometimes um, keeping mental sanity is about, you know, going for a walk or getting out of the house, for, making it a putting a schedule in place to get out of the house because it Mm -hmm. will what i've seen is that all these days are blending together for me it's been you know some days my kids like mommy what day is it i'm like i don't know (laughs) thursday (laughs) friday like what day is today every day is Uh, tuesday yeah every day is tuesday so having that having some you know when it comes to working out forget it chris I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I was telling, I was telling another recruiter friend, I was like, I'm just trying to not be emerge from this 20 pounds every year. And we both right. have. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the, what, what has, what's been really good though, is that I've been cooking more um, and cooking more variety, which, and it's mm-hmm. getting, you know, the more, obviously you get your reps in. So the more you do it, the better you get. And I had, um, I tended not to cook as much just because I would always be running around specifically with my kids and taking them to different therapy sessions and, you know, all this different stuff. So a day would be really, really long. So that aspect of it has given me time to do that, which is great. Um, The working out is completely falling off the wagon. That's just bad. (laughs) This is bad. It's tough to stay motivated. It's so hard to stay motivated, especially with other things. And then with the working part, um, it's been good, but I, you know, 
dealing with folks like you guys, it's really hard to, to run. You think it's hard for you to switch it off? It's so hard for me to switch it <laughs> off, especially if we're trying to find somebody and I finally yeah. got the book in. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I'm, I don't care that it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm, you know, it's 11 o'clock on the East Coast. You guys are on the West Coast. So I usually get like ping back from your, you folks at like 8 o'clock or whatever. Right. Like, I'll talk right now. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so that part is always tricky but i mean that's that's been me regardless like i've always been having that kind of thing because i enjoy um i just love recruiting so much it's, it's a lot of fun um okay i got a question from terrence burns he says what if you've accepted a contracting job um and then offered a government direct hire job but it will take mm. two to three months to come on board while he's working a new position Good business or bad business to take the government job? I think it really Ooh. depends on your goal. Uh, because if, like, let's say your goal is to be the director of the CIA, national security, some DOD entity, or some other place in government, like, if that's your ultimate goal, then obviously you want to start getting your reps in. You want to move up that ladder uh, within the government. But if you are looking at it as a as a pivot, it, it doesn't matter as much. Uh, you could get your reps in as a civilian. You could also get your reps in as a contractor. And uh, if you're trying to go like commercial altogether, I mean, yeah, just I mean, either way really works. Uh, it might make it a little bit easier if you start on the, the contracting side, because then uh, you could move to different projects maybe a little bit more easily than you could maybe within the government, depending on where you're going to work. That's a good point, Chris. I, I would I would echo it. I don't. I yeah. don't see it's 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 really a personal um, decision. Yep. I I found myself in that position, uh, kind of similar position one time uh, when I was at Booz Allen. There was kind of a internal desire for me to work for the government, um, but you know, just by asking myself the right questions, I, I I found out that me working for the government would be like a conflict with kind of my life goals. And I was like, all right, this doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily align one to one. Me being a contractor for the government kind of fits the bill. I get to work with, you know, uh, get to work for uh, towards that mission that the government has, but not necessarily working there for my full time opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we got another question uh, from Tyrone. Uh, there is news report that showed unemployment percentages by industry. IT was in the bottom uh, five of 10 industries, but are you aware of the effects on the cyber-specific jobs within IT? So from what I've been experiencing personally, I don't, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but from a personal perspective, um, I have only been seeing, I, you know, specific to industry. So if you're at... Airbnb and these companies that are laying off like 2000 people, unfortunately, right. you know, that's just the nature of the industry. But as a whole, I have only been, it's been an active, really active um, time and more active. So in certain spots and in certain, you know, in certain industries and in certain spots, it's just more active in terms of people looking to hire cybersecurity professionals. So mm -hmm. I am seeing, I'm seeing both sides of it without the stats. So I'm seeing, you know, on the one hand, a lot of folks being laid off um, and, you know, having to pick companies doing cost cutting and getting rid of cyber, cyber folks. And on the other hand, I'm seeing this big, huge, active, like 
hiring, um, specifically in government contracting um, and fintech, like a lot, a lot, a lot of hiring in that space. So that's my, you know, personal um, observation without stats. What about you guys? What are you, what are y'all seeing? From my perspective, I'm seeing just growth uh, for the remote opportunities. I can't necessarily speak for the organizations that are traditionally on some type of campus, for, but for the opportunities that provide uh, remote work, I, I'm seeing countless you know, uh, messages in my inbox and kind of just when browsing, seeing uh, you know, a lot of opportunities for individual contributors, maybe engineering managers. Um, still quite a bit is open, but uh, I'm not necessarily interviewing or recruiting. So it's tough for me to say from this perspective, just because I'm not necessarily instigating these, uh, these opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know we're, we're dropping at the top of the hour, but I also wanted to bring up the topic of uh, what about those folks out there that are extroverted? You know, they like being around people. They like talking to people. Me personally, I like you know, seeing people in person and sitting down, having a cup of coffee. Um, I remember, you know, one of my first remote uh, jobs, I I couldn't stand it because I was like losing my mind. This is before, you know, Zoom and Google yeah. Hangouts and stuff like that. So everything <laughs> was either by phone or by like chat. <clears throat> and I was still losing my mind. What, what would you guys say to people out there that want to still maintain that social aspect of work? Yeah. My my advice would be turn your video on. Um, I've made a lot of great connections with people that I didn't know from my company and even individuals like Renee. Um, I just recently met uh, someone that we all know, uh, Michael Piacente, uh, met him through video also. So just having the video on, it, it brings the human element back into like uh, remote just communication. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think I was going to say just zoom. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've also been able to connect with so many more people, um, online and more often, especially because of specifically with my life, the way I had would, I would consider, I would constantly be running with the kids. So, you know, I'm picking them up from school and taking it to different, you know, after school activities, all this stuff. So I would have this limited period of time to do things. Um, and now it's opened up the time. And I'm I'm like you, Chris, as you can tell, I could sit here and talk all day. <laughs> like, it's fascinating to me to learn about people. I love it. I'm like, I'm one of these people I love to, to learn and listen more about people. Um, and so turning on, Ron said it best, turn, turn Zoom on, get that connection. It's almost like you're right there in person. So that's my that's my take too. So we are go ahead, Chris. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, we got another question uh, real quick. Uh, this is from Michael. Do you feel it's better to take underemployed position? I'm guessing that's uh, maybe not using the most of your abilities, but just using a small aspect of what you can do um, uh, to get a foot in the door and then try to pivot after you're in or just hold out and continue to learn and build certifications take the job. <laughs> I, we had on a person yesterday, um, and I'm going to wrap real quick because we all have to get back to our day jobs. Mm-hmm. We had a person on um, breaking into cybersecurity yesterday, 
used to drive an Uber. Okay. He was driving an Uber, got an opportunity to get a foot in the door somewhere while he did his certifications. One year later, he started on the help desk. A year later, he's in a, he's a cybersecurity analyst. Especially if you, I mean, well, I guess in his situation, he's growing up in this person's situation. It might be, and when I say growing up, growing up in his career, meaning like, Mm -hmm from stepping from a help desk analyst to a cybersecurity analyst. If this person is in a, in a, if you can financially hang out, then, you know, that's great. Um, however, you know, I've seen a ton of people just come in, pivot, take short-term opportunities. You know, if it's a good fit, it keeps you still like in the mindset of being at work and what have you. And then you can pivot around in the company and, or look for another opportunity. So I'm a firm believer in that. And, um, you know, not not staying on the bench for forever, unless if you're financially secure and you could do that. Hey, right. Do it. But go ahead. Yes. For me, I would say the same. Um, I found myself in a situation uh, years ago when I first took my job at Booz Allen. I was part of the bench just waiting around, you know, for uh, opportunity to work on a contract. And it was painful. But I took the I made the best of that time, got some certs think like I did all the comp TIA certs in that time. I was like, you know what? Not only am I going to get the cert, but I'm really going to read the book. I'm going to take the time. Uh, this is my opportunity. And I don't hate, you know, this job. Like it was actually a great position while being on the bench because I also got to meet new people. If it was a soul sucking job that took all of your time and all of your mental energy, I would say don't take it. But if it's not, uh, definitely take the job. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So right before as we wrap, I'm going to t- bring up bring in my um, because these two, these uh, Hacker Valley Studio pros always have cool mics. I have a cool mic, too. Hey, there you go. But it's not working. So it's kind of fake for today. Yeah. <laughs> the debut is next week. Next week. We're going to get it. Get it cracking. Next week we're going to have it. I got to get yes. my stepping up my game with these folks. So everybody, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining. Thank you for your comments, your questions. Edmund Pewing had a, a, made a comment here, too. So we're getting tons of comments and tons of um, engagement, which we really, really love. We appreciate you. Stay safe. And we will see you next week. Episode six. Yes, indeed. So wrapping episode five. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. All right.